Hello, welcome to Asbury. My name is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as interviews and special devotionals. We hope these messages inspire and support you as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions or want to have further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking out our website at asburymaitland.org. Today we're celebrating Pentecost, and I had at least one conversation with one of our younger worshipers, and he said, what's Pentecost? So I think it's important that we start by remembering what it is we are celebrating today. Have you heard of a pentagon? How many sides does it have? Five, right? So even the word Pentecost reminds us that we celebrate this holiday 50 days after Easter. Jesus comes back, he spends time with his disciples, and then he ascends up to heaven, leaving his disciples and telling them to wait in Jerusalem. Wait until a special gift comes. And the disciples are waiting, and they're not sure what that gift will be. And then the day of Pentecost arrives. Uh, I can't help but mention uh, Pentecost, which is the receiving of the Holy Spirit, and draw your attention to some art. So I have some images I want to show you. There are many different ways uh, that Pentecost has been depicted. This is one I found. Do you know what's happening in that photo? It's pretty abstract. Uh, Flames? Yeah. What else do you see? Yes. You see people. That's excellent. Thank you, Kitty. You are on it. We have an art critic in the house this morning. That's wonderful. Uh, So we can see different people, and we can see the flame right above their heads. Uh, This image of a flame is one that is very common, and it's referenced in the Bible in the passage we're about to read. It's referenced in other places as well. Uh, This is close to the United Methodist logo. You can probably see it on my name tag. You can also see it on the screen. As United Methodists, we identify ourselves with this image of the cross and the flame. I hope you understand the cross, uh, but let me explain the flame. The flame represents the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, we also have a banner in the worship space. We can see that there's red and there's a flame of sorts on the top left. There's also a dove. And what direction is the dove flying? You can answer if you like, or you can make it a rhetorical question. The dove is flying down. The dove in in art often represents the Holy Spirit. So today we're celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming down to the church originally gathered in Jerusalem. Today we are the church gathered here today at Asbury in Maitland, and the Holy Spirit is coming down to us. So the good news of the gospel today is that God wants to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And part of what I mean by that is that we're not just celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago. We are celebrating the continual outpouring of God's Spirit. During our service today, we'll celebrate baptism. We'll celebrate the confirmation of four of our youth who are becoming full members of the church. This is the continual outpouring of God's Spirit. 
So let's jump into our scripture passage. Turn with me to Acts 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want us to, to slow down and, and pick out and notice a few insights from that passage. The way the early church received the gift of the Spirit can tell us a lot about how we open ourselves up to receive the gift of the Spirit here and now. In verse 1, we mentioned that when the day of Pentecost arrived, the disciples were gathered together in one place. I don't want to overlook the importance of gathering both here in person and gathering online, this is a way that we, the church, come together and prepare ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that's important because God designed us to be in community, to have relationships, meaningful relationships where people love us. And sometimes people love us by being warm and comforting. Other people love us by telling us the truth we need to hear. God gives all of that to us through community. And one of the ways that God often works is through our relationships. That's why gathering is such an essential part of faith. That's how the disciples were prepared, gathered together that first Pentecost in Jerusalem. Another observation is from verse 4. As they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them abilities. So first, we notice that the Spirit empowers us and it gives us abilities of things that we might not be able to do before. It gives us courage. It gives us strength. But the miracle here was not just the miracle of different languages. The miracle is that they were able to express the power of the gospel, the amazing deeds of God in a way that others could understand. So we have to broaden the way we interpret that, not just to make it about speaking other languages, but to say that God is asking us to speak about the ways the Holy Spirit has transformed our life. And we can share that good news in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's through our language, our writing. Other times it's through conversations or even through what we call your witness through the way people see you interact and go through your life. 
The gospel, the good news can be proclaimed that way as well. But don't lose sight of the purpose here. The purpose is to share the good news of Jesus. Another observation from verse 12. All were amazed and perplexed. It's interesting, amazed and perplexed. The, the, this text holds those together. And they were left asking a question, what does this mean? Hmm. The Spirit also challenges us. It unsettles us. It can make us a little bit uncomfortable because we're not quite sure what to do. We don't quite feel in control. You know, sometimes it's easy when we feel that way to just dismiss whatever God is doing or whatever is happening. That's essentially what some of the people who observed that first Pentecost said. When they said, oh, they are filled with new wine, that's a polite way of saying they've had too much to drink and we can't take them seriously. But yet, it's much more difficult to actually wrestle with what God is doing than it is to dismiss someone. That's the easy way out. And Pentecost calls us to wrestle that God is doing something and we have to think about it. God is inviting us to be a part of it and we have to make a decision of whether we'll be a part of it or whether we'll opt out. When I think about this story, the thing that stands out to me first is the wind. Can you imagine that? A rush of a violent wind. Where else in the Bible have we heard of a wind blowing? Can you think of any other places in the Bible where we reference a wind? A powerful wind my mind goes to the beginning of Genesis where the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water and a wind was blowing and God breathed the breath of life into the first human beings. What that means is that part of Pentecost is new creation. People are once again being formed and shaped by the power of God's Spirit we can see that they're being formed and shaped and empowered and the disciples receive that and they're changed. One of, the, the, one of the things that some scholars and commentators say about this passage is that they imagine this crowd would have been some of the same crowd that observed all the events that happened just over 50 days prior so some of the people gathered on that first Pentecost Sunday would have been those who saw Jesus ride in on a donkey on Palm Sunday, would have been those who, who saw this trial, maybe even some of the people who chanted crucify him when Jesus was being sentenced by Pilate to death on a cross. And in this wind, there is forgiveness, there is new creation, that some of those people who stood in that crowd and chanted crucify him became a part of the new thing that God was doing. That's a new creation. That is redemption. To move from there to new life in Christ empowered through the Spirit. The disciples embraced the power of the Spirit Peter stood up immediately and began to respond to the question, what does this mean? 
preaching one of the best sermons that had ever been told. People were, were cut to the heart, as the Bible says, which meant they, they really felt God touched them through the message proclaimed, and they asked, what should we do? Peter responded, repent and be baptized. Become a part of what God is calling us to do. Become a part of God's mission. Maybe today you hear all of this and think, okay, Pastor Mike, that's great, um, but I'm not sure where my place is in Pentecost. I'm not sure what, what God can do in my life. I'm not sure what God can do through me. Well, let me first say, you're not alone. I think all of us often look in the mirror and in one way or another say, God, am I good enough? Can you use me? I know I've thought that before. God, can you use me? And in moments when I'm, I'm pondering that, I go back to a story I was told a number of years ago. It's a story about a young boy who lives in a poor family, uh, a farming family, and every day the boy walks a mile down to the river and a mile back. He goes to draw water for his family, and on his back he carries with him a yoke, a piece of wood uh, that holds two different pots. The one on his left side is one that is, is well-built and perfect, and the one on his right is an old one that has been dropped, and it leaks. And so by the time he goes down to the river, fills them both up, and walks back up the hill, by the time he returns to the house, that pot is half full. And he started to get frustrated about this, and he went and he talked to his father, and he said, Dad, come on. Why, why do we use that pot? That, it's, it's broken. It doesn't work right. Why don't we just throw it out or make a new one, get a new one? And his father said, today... Today, when you go to the river, look down to your right. So he was walking down to the river, and he looked down to his right. He didn't see anything. He got so frustrated, he put the water in, carried it back up, and he said, you know, Dad, I looked down. I didn't see anything. What's going on? This pot doesn't work. You know, I'm only getting one and a half pots full of water on the way back when it should be two. And he said, well, did you look to your right? He said, yeah, I did. And then by the time I got to the river, I didn't see anything, so I stopped. And he said, okay, well, tomorrow when you go get water, I want you to watch the drip of the water the whole way on your way back. And he says, a little more exasperated, okay, whatever, I'll do it. And so he goes down in the morning, he fills it up, and then he walks back and he notices in the areas where the trail is the steepest, where he has to walk the slowest, he watches the drops of water fall straight from the pot onto beautiful flowers. And that was the moment that he realized that his father had planted flowers on the right side of the trail at the steepest points, knowing that every day, when his son faithfully went and got water, he was watering those flowers, making them come up, making them blossom. And the son had no idea. When I imagine that 
you and me look in the mirror and see something that's broken, we too often think, ah, I'm not good enough. I can't do it like another person. But the power of the Holy Spirit is that it's not about you and me. It's not about the vessel. It's about how God flows through us. And it's remarkable how God often uses the things that we might call our flaws or the areas, the ways in which we're broken for that very purpose. There's no way those flowers get watered if the pot doesn't have a crack. I've found in my own life, God has worked that way. Maybe if you look at yours, God has worked that way as well. Part of the miracle of Pentecost, in my experience, is the power and the language of vulnerability, of admitting the ways that we're hurt, admitting the ways that we're broken, and inviting God to bring healing, inviting God and the power of the Spirit to use us in a way that we might not be able to be used without the difficult experiences that we've gone through. That's part of the power of Pentecost. And if you don't believe that Pentecost is happening here and now, I invite you to take a look at this video and hear the testimonies of those who are experiencing Pentecost. Hi, my name is Noah Pullen. I'm the youth director here at Asbury, and I'm super excited to announce the confirmands that are getting confirmed this Sunday. Their names are Maxwell, Lexi, Sarah, and Faith. So here they are. Hi, my name is Maxwell. My faith has grown during confirmation by learning more about God, the church, and the Bible. For example, I have learned that there's unlimited grace and God will give it to you even if you don't ask for it. Hi, my name is Lexi and my faith is grown during confirmation class because I learned more about the omnipresence of God and now I know that he is always with me. Hi, my name is Sarah McDavid and my faith has grown through confirmation by learning to have a better open heart and mind. I have learned to show people grace, like God's prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying grace. I know now that I have to surrender everything to him because he has unrelenting love for us. This is how my faith has grown through confirmation. Hi, my name is Faith. I'm in seventh grade, and I joined confirmation to learn more about God and the Methodist Church. During confirmation, I learned about the growth of Methodism and a bunch of different things about God. I am very thankful to be a part of this church now. The good news of the gospel is that God wants to give us the gift of the Spirit. The question we must wrestle with is, will we receive it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the incredible gift that you shared with your faithful followers that first day of Pentecost. We pray that your Holy Spirit will be poured out today on us, on our confirmands, that you would bless us, empower us, and call us further to participate in your mission. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.